You are listening to the Tech Chef Podcast. This is episode number 56, June 21st, 2022. Hi, this is Ben Tyne, COO of Flytrex, and you're listening to the Tech Chef Podcast. Offering a strategy, business continuity. How about a taste test of restaurant technology? Drive through or curbside. Mobile apps or AI. It's all on the menu. Cook it up for the day. It's a recipe for success. You're in good hands with the tech chef. Make a plan to be your best. Strategize with the tech chef. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the tech chef. This is your host, Skip Kimple. And I am here to take you on a ride of technology news related to the restaurant, hotel, and hospitality industries. For those of you returning to the show, thank you for being a faithful fan. And for those of you joining for the very first time, welcome. I am so glad you found this show. It is exciting to see this show has grown so rapidly as your weekly industry resource. Again, Those of you joining for the first time, please go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button on your favorite podcast app or website. Exciting times we live in from a technology perspective, and I certainly don't want you to miss a single episode. I hope you enjoyed my special Father's Day episode last week. I know it was a little out of the ordinary, but you know what? It was one of the most listened to episodes in the past couple of years. If you haven't heard it yet, go back and check it out. Today, as promised, I have a show for you that I have been waiting to share with this audience for quite a while. I was fortunate enough to get Ben Tyne, COO from Flytrex on the show. You all know how much of a fan I am of drone deliveries and where the industry is headed with it, as well as the complications of bringing it to fruition. Well, I thought it only appropriate to get the leading company in the restaurant's drone delivery market on this show to share where the industry stands and where it is headed with this cutting-edge delivery method. Ben is helping Flytrex spearhead the drone delivery revolution. Flytrex provides a direct-to-consumer autonomous drone delivery service that lets retailers and quick-service restaurants cater to a wider customer base with faster, safer, and more economical on-demand deliveries than ever before. In a nutshell, Flytrex is building the world's first drone-based delivery service, cutting delivery costs and times by an order of magnitude in an almost infinite market. This is the company behind the recent publicity you have seen, including El Pollo Loco, Papa John's, Brinker, Jersey Mike's, Walmart, and many more. By the way, this company just didn't pop out of nowhere. Flytrex Aviation Limited was established in Israel in late 2013. Joining the show today, we have Ben Tyne, the COO of Flytrex. Ben, you are uh, on the other side of the uh, country or other side of the world for me right now in Israel, are you not? Yes, I am. I'm currently in Tel Aviv, in uh, sunny, sunny Tel Aviv in Israel, looking at the Mediterranean. Very nice. Nice view. Uh, ben, give us a little bit of a background about yourself. And then we're going to dig into the very cool company that you're part of. So I'm born and raised in Israel in a small town outside of uh, Tel Aviv. 
Um, I swam. I swam for the Israeli national swim team, and then that brought me to the United States. And I spent a good number of years in the in U.S. universities, uh, studying and then working at uh, Clark University in Massachusetts, and then Georgetown in D.C. Um, I actually worked with the late U.S. Secretary of State uh, Madeleine Albright for a couple of years, um, thinking I may go into that kind of career. Uh, but then I moved back to Israel and started working at SodaStream. Uh, before it was acquired by PepsiCo, I did. I was uh, head of strategic uh, partnerships there. Um, from there, I moved to become the VP operations of Mindspace, uh, which is one of the biggest European co-working company. Uh, I joined Mindspace shortly after it started, and my job was to grow it internationally and take it profit, uh, to profitability, uh, which I did. Um, and then um, when I joined Mindspace, they, they only had a couple of buildings in, in Tel Aviv. When I left, it had 33 buildings in seven countries and 17 cities around the world, which was really, really cool. And then in 2020, I turned 40, and I wanted to, uh, <laughs> I wanted to challenge myself in an industry I knew nothing, nothing about, but I knew that I wanted, that, that I wanted it to be in the tech industry. Um, so I started looking for the right opportunity, and I met with uh, Yariv and Amit, uh, Flytrex co-founders, and I loved their vision for the company. And then in November 2020, I joined Flytrex, and back then we were only serving about four backyards in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And today, so a year and a half later, we're already serving over 10,000 households in three stations in North Carolina, and then now one more in Texas. And this is literally just the beginning. So it's pretty awesome. Okay. So Flytrex, um, those that have been to some of the conferences recently, your name has definitely popped up uh, as a company that's making a difference out there. Tell us about what Flytrex is and what it does. So we do drone delivery. Um, a person a person would like to uh, order uh, food or groceries Instantly, um, they download uh, the Flytrex app, which is available on the Apple Store or Google Play for the Android users. And you scroll, you pick, you pick the food or the groceries that you'd like. And a few minutes later, you get it by drone autonomously completely delivered to your backyard or front lawn, um, which is um, the fastest, freshest, and uh, most affordable way today uh, to get to get food and, and groceries. Now, my listeners know that I have a personal obsession with drone delivery. Um, I even went so far as to get my Part 107 FAA drone pilot license because as I started getting into it and wanting to understand the technology, I wanted to also understand all the obstacles to overcome from a logistics and legal perspective, especially relating to FAA rules around drones because there's tons of rules that are going to be that currently are in the way of making this uh, mainstream form of delivery. Uh, I have a lot of naysayers out there that do not think that uh, drone delivery is ever going to be a thing. It's just a gimmick. And I, I always like to be a visionary. I like to think three, five years out. Am I wrong in saying that during COVID this possibly accelerated the, the process a little bit as far as getting things moving forward? Uh, it definitely had an effect, and look, there were always going to be 
uh, doubters. I mean, that's life. Uh, and no question that, you know, it would take a few more years until drone delivery becomes uh, a commodity service, if you say, if, you, if you'd like. Um, however, I mean, I have to say that we do see uh, naysayers become yay-sayers. And I can tell you that some of the QSRs that uh, in the past were pretty hesitant to, to talk to us or work with us, uh, because thinking that this is a little bit too futuristic, have recently changed their minds as we grow. And we believe that this, this trend will continue to grow. Uh, on the customer side, like you said, uh, throughout the pandemic, we saw that end users grew accustomed to having everything instantly delivered straight to their living room at the click of a button. And now post-pandemic, hopefully we are post-pandemic, uh, customers, we believe the customers still expect to get uh, the same level of convenience and ease. And this is what we, we strive to do. And we see that every day more and more people are downloading the app and asking to join our service. And I have, I have no doubt that this would continue to grow in the coming months and years. Now, your company really came to light uh, over the past few years because you you gained some pretty high-profile restaurants to join forces with um, and explore those options for drone delivery. Who are some of those clients that you're currently working with? Right. So we work with quite a bit, but we haven't announced all of them. But uh, of those that we did announce, then definitely there's... Um, uh, there's Brinker International, home to uh, Chili's and It's Just Wings, uh, Papa John's Pizza, uh, El Pollo Loco, uh, Jersey Mike Subs, uh, Unilever Ice Cream Shop. Um, and then obviously on the grocery side, we're working with Walmart as well. And as I mentioned, a few more are, are we're working with, but we haven't announced yet. And we will, I assume, in the next few uh, weeks and months. So you're concentrating primarily on the restaurant and it sounds like grocery market through through Walmart. As far as the Walmart aspect goes, do you find yourself, I mean, where, where's the majority of the business coming from? Is it coming from the restaurants or is it coming from the grocery side? Because Walmart is such a monster of a company. Walmart is a monster and we see a lot of orders coming from Walmart, uh, especially when people... I mean, people are not going to do their grocery, their weekly grocery shopping via drones, obviously. Uh, but if somebody is at home and they realize that they're missing something, instead of driving to the store, it's much easier to get, um, uh, to get uh, groceries delivered to your place uh, instantly. Um, a funny story, when we, when we first started with Walmart, the most popular um, object or product to order was eggs because people wanted to test us and see if, they, if the eggs get there intact. And, uh, and we proved them over and over again that, that, uh, that they do. But at the end of the day, yes, the vast majority of the orders, they do come from the QSRs and casual dining. Uh, people dine at home. Uh, they want to get the food uh, as fast as they can, as fresh as they can, and obviously in a, in the most uh, affordable way, which uh, something that we are uh, offering. So you just mentioned a few of the value propositions as it relates to a consumer. Um, from a restaurant perspective, is this a cost-effective solution? Because a lot of people are saying right now, and and I think it in some aspect it is, but correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to be being used as a big uh, marketing, I don't want to say ploy, but 
uh, a marketing <clears throat> campaign in order to really get this new uh, greatest and latest technology out there and, and amazing people with new options for delivery and making people think that their company is really accelerating into the future. Do you feel like for right now, just due to some of the limitations out there, um, that it is more on the marketing side or is it really the practicality piece? I know that's where you're going to end up, but just at this point in time, what seems to be the focus of the restaurants? So I think that for the restaurants, they definitely want to experience that and understand how that works. Uh, they want to learn from it. Uh, we provide a lot of data that we're collecting. It's definitely a learning experience for us and for the restaurants. However, we, it's, it's, uh, we see that all of the restaurants are looking at, may, maybe at first they thought about it, uh, it's uh, more of a marketing uh, uh, stunt, but then... Uh, we keep expanding with the with the restaurants because they understand that this is that this is the real deal that uh, it doesn't interfere with their day to day operations because we uh, either uh, just become another channel for delivering uh, just like any of the other traditional delivery mechanisms or or we um, in some cases we're already integrating with them so we're just uh, even even more. Uh, popular within their uh, regular customers. And, and yes, at the end of the day, uh, restaurants are looking for ways to provide better service to their end users. And they keep uh, coming back uh, to us and we see an increase in the amount of orders coming in because no interruption to their own, uh, on their day-to-day operations and customers keep uh, telling them and us how happy they are because the food gets there much faster. It allows them to serve uh, a wider range around the restaurant and get to those further away uh, customers uh, faster. And the most important thing is that at the end of the day, everybody is getting better service. The restaurants and then the users uh, get better customer experience. And this is something that we're very proudly focusing on. At the top of the show, you talked about you're pretty much located in two states, North Carolina and Texas, serving about 10,000 households. It sounds like uh, that's probably some pretty rural areas versus urban areas, because um, obviously there's some challenges there. Uh, what What is holding your company back right now from making that major expansion into larger cities? So we're focusing on the U.S. suburbs. Um, there's enough, I mean, we're not in rural, it's not rural areas per se that uh, one house, uh, in a ranch, etc. We're working in in um, in the suburbs area, not in in the middle. I mean, I'm not going to say that we're going to be working in the middle of Manhattan anytime soon. But relatively large cities. Let's take um, let's take Raleigh Durham, for example, in North Carolina, working in Holly Springs, which is a, a mid-sized town, um, and and our solution fits perfectly there. And then the Dallas Fort Worth area. Uh, working in Granbury, uh, and we're going to be adding a, a few more uh, towns around the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So once again, it's not for the urban uh, residents right now. It's more on the suburbs, which is where there is uh, uh, traditional delivery mechanisms have struggled because usually each each delivery person can handle about two deliveries per hour, while we do way way more than that. 
Now, when delivering food, does your drone actually land or is there some mechanism for leaving the food uh, with the drone still up in the air so it's safe from the public, for instance? No, so the, the drone does not land. Uh, during delivery, the drone hover uh, in the air at a, at a height of about 82 feet and then gently lowers the package uh, using a tether mechanism with the customer's order attached at the end, mitigating drone interference and noise disruption on the ground. Um, I should also mention that uh, the drone, our drones have no cameras whatsoever, so there's no... Uh, it's one of the first questions I'm always asked about cameras because people fear for their privacy. So uh, no cameras there. And then since the drone never lands, we avoid a lot of what could have been um, some safety issues or noise uh, disruptions, etc. cetera. Uh, no, but it doesn't. I got lots of questions around that. Um, you may or may sure. not be able to answer them. So I, if... I, if there's no cameras, I mean, one of the current FAA regulations is that a drone needs to be within the line of sight of the pilot that's flying the drone. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you getting around that? Or do you have spotters? Do you have do you have a line of sight the entire time? Yes, yes, definitely. We have uh, visual observers today. Uh, BV loss the, would only come uh, a bit later on. BV loss, obviously, beyond visual line of sight. Um, which is, it's, this is going to come a bit later when we move to, um, uh, to deliver under part 135, which is <coughs> the only way that the FAA made clear that, um, that uh, delivery can be done for compensation. So currently operating under 107, uh, but, uh, and we're getting all of the necessary waivers, but BV loss, et cetera, this would be under 135, under part 135, and we're, we're getting there. We're almost there. Hey, and I'm wondering, you know, the aspect of the, the not using the cameras, if your, your pilot is about to drop food and there might be a, a tree in the way or something like that, I'm, I'm just kind of mentally trying to figure out how that, that is dealt with. Cause so that, we, we pre-survey the area. We study the area uh, before we start operating and then we constantly uh, checking our, our assumptions over there. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes uh, once we, we deliver for the first time to a house and we decide that this is, this is not uh, where we would like it to be, then we adjust it. Uh, but I'm very happy and proud to say that our technology is so good that uh, we get it right. Now you talked about dropping food at households. Let's say there's an apartment complex. Do you also create, for instance, drop zones where, you know, it could serve multiple people in one area? Yes. So we do that. Again, most of what we do is that we give uh, customers the option of receiving their delivery uh, from the comfort of their home. So either uh, front front lawn or backyard. Uh, But we also also do uh, apartment complexes and we also do uh, industrial areas where uh, people that uh, work in certain uh, areas and they don't have any restaurants close by, they register and then we set up uh, like a, a semi-public uh, draw point and people can order lunch from nearby restaurants instead of driving whatever time that it takes. Uh, apartment complexes, yes, we do that as well. Um, but then just, I mean, I mentioned before that we're focusing on customer experience. The best customer experience is that when you get the food delivered to your home. 
uh, apartment complexes, for the time being, they have to go downstairs and go to pick it up. So it, we do that, but it's not, um, it's definitely not the lion's share of what we do. Have you guys ever lost a drone, ever been shot down or stolen, et cetera? Well, uh, <laughs> that's funny. Um, so first of all, FireTex, um, um, our, our drones undergo rig, uh, uh, rigorous testing and all of the operators are performed by certified experienced professionals adhering uh, to the most uh, to the most advanced regulations, and it's important for me to say that. And I'm happy to say that no one has ever shot it down. Um, we find that customers really enjoy the service, so rather than wanting to shoot it down, um, so that has yet to happen, and I'm 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 hoping it won't. <laughs> I, well, you're in Texas and North Carolina right now. Eventually, some some property owner is probably going to take a pop shot at one of those uh, one of those drones drones flying maybe, over. Maybe, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. When, when when we came to Texas to 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 Texas, we you know we discussed it, but uh, the population in Granbury has been uh, has been very accepting and and they love it and uh, and uh, there's no there's no reason to think that it, that might be different elsewhere. Now you're providing the service as a as a commodity to the restaurants. Do you ever see companies possibly creating their own drone fleet? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I, I I guess it's possible, but I mean, there's so much work that has to put into making this happen, right? And there's so much like vast amount of knowledge and technology and 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 going through the process. And I mean, it would take a lot of time. So I tend to doubt that large companies would would choose such a path. Um, but I mean, I cannot rule it out completely, I guess. I could see myself someday sitting in a drone control center, controlling a fleet of, of, uh, drones for a restaurant. I think that'd be a, a very cool position, but I don't, I also don't right. think restaurants would want to take on, uh, you know, that that amount of work and the amount of liability, which we're not going to talk about today, but that's a whole different discussion. Um, I have lots yeah. of questions around that because it applies not only to drones, but also to, you know, robots and, and these, these robotic carriers for food to individuals, et cetera. I mean, and, and on the issue of liability, I can, I can say that, that uh, um, our, just like one thing, just to make, put, it, things in, put, put things in perspective, that our third-party liability insurance is like one-tenth, one-tenth of the cost of an Uber driver's insurance. So... Mm. Yes, I mean it is true that, that the skies have more dimensions to navigate. That it, it's in you know an order of magnitude simpler than you know driving on the roads where there are countless distractions and hazards such as other drivers or children playing and road work and 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 you name it. So I, I, I it's not it's not such a you know uh, such a big issue as, as people may tend to think. Uh, but uh, we'll see how um, how this may or may not change as, as drones become a little bit more of a commodity. Sure. And are you guys working directly with the FAA to help modify these guidelines and the rules currently in place to to make this more of a realistic option? Yeah, I mean, so um, first of all, we have a whole department here at Flytrax, the regulation department that has been working with the FAA very closely uh, for the past uh, for the past uh, five years, I think since 2017, before I before I joined, um, and then uh, they're working with a few groups within the FAA. Again, I'm not part of that, so I'm not in the details. But I know that they're working very closely with the FAA, and 
and always talk about how the FAA has been such a great partner to have and, 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 uh, and understanding uh, the issues that we're facing and, and always working with us to, uh, to resolve it. Uh, just to, to make sure that you know everybody understands it. I mean, drone delivery must be certified by the same rules and guide and, and guidelines as, as as manned aviation. So, drone delivery commercially requires a certification that is 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 uh, the process is akin to any other uh, manned commercial aircraft. To meet these these uh, safety standards, we we develop our own drone and we're. Kind of like we have our own control over the design and manufacturing down all the way to the smallest bolt. So pretty much like commercial aircraft. So, I mean, I can go on and on about, about the history, about joining the IPP program and then beyond, but I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not probably the best person to talk about it, but just like as a, because you mentioned earlier about other companies coming in. So this is, this is a, uh, uh, all, all kinds of, of, of things to consider if, if, if anybody wants to uh, join this, uh, this very interesting uh, industry. Yeah, I'm sure you would even need some type of flight control center to, to be able to, because you have to have, I'm, I'm assuming you're, you're not just doing one delivery at a time, you have multiple, you know, air, aircraft uh, out there right. that um, right. you, need to, you need to control the airspace in between. So is that, right. is that actually part of that? That is part of it, and then we keep we keep adding more, and we will continue to keep adding more drones in the air at the same time. By and eventually, somebody is going to be sitting somewhere and controlling 10, 20, I don't know how many drones in the air at the same time, uh, meeting the demand that that is is increasing all the time. So, uh, but this this is the way for for companies such as Flytrex to become uh, profitable. Uh, by having having one person uh, flying or responsible for flying um, multiple drones at the same time. Now, I know you're concentrating on the food service and grocery industry. Do you ever have plans to go outside of that realm, for instance, the medical industry, maybe other areas of hospitality? Or I, I believe there are other companies that are looking at those aspects right now as well. I believe there's a company that specifically does medical drops. Right. Is that something your company will eventually look into or are you completely focused on restaurants right now? Well, I, I would say potentially, but for the time being, there's so much to do in the restaurants and groceries uh, world. And I'm not saying I'm not do, do, um, uh, ruling out any any option. But I mean, right now, there's so much for us uh, to do. And the, we, we, we literally just began. So. Uh, it's too soon to talk about uh, other options, but uh, as we continue to develop uh, uh, the next generation of our drone and the R&D team here in Israel is working really, really uh, hard to, to make it happen, uh, I think that there will be endless, endless opportunities out there. Yeah, and to all the naysayers out there, I mean, this is a perfect example of where the industry is headed and how much research and development is being put behind it. But yeah. if you actually do some research and some you know, some Google research and look to see what's being done out there. I mean, FedEx, UPS, I mean, they're doing some amazing things with last mile delivery with their packaging and having barcodes on the top of their, their vehicles where the drone can figure out where to, where to land and, you know, pick up a package. And it is, yep. it, it is fascinating to close things out here. What does the future look like as far as you're concerned and how long is it before this becomes a reality in mass use? 
Ah, excellent question. Um, so, as I mean, as I mentioned before, I mean, there's always there's always going to be those uh, naysayers that were happily turning into yaysayers. Um, and I would say that, look, it, it would take a few more years until it becomes a commodity service. But um, since we see so many more people joining the service, downloading our app and asking to join the service on a, on a daily basis, on a regular uh, basis, and doing it in different parts of North Carolina and just as much in, in Texas now, um, we're very confident that people will continue to join the service and, and, and enjoy what we do because we do provide uh, great customer experience. Again, uh, in terms of commodity, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, we're growing. We're growing. Um, if, if we were serving four backyards uh, less than a year and a half ago, and now we're over, already serving over 10,000 households, just imagine where we might be a year from now. It's, I mean, so it's, 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 uh, it's a pretty exciting journey, and, um, and I would, I would uh, advise all of those naysayers to uh to reconsider their positions and uh and start um accepting uh that uh drone delivery is uh is is not uh it's not just the future it's the present ben thank you so much for taking the time to join and and the audience here today and talk about uh drone delivery i once again find it completely fascinating let's please stay in touch because i think your industry is going to rapidly grow and have more acceptance and I would, I would certainly love to hear maybe a year from now, maybe we jump on another show or, or, or two years from now and really compare what we talked about today compared to, you know, where we are at that point in time. Sure. I would love to. And please keep in touch. And thank you uh, for hosting me today. It was, uh, it was uh, funny. It was fun. Well, it was probably funny too. But, uh... It was funny as well. <laughs> right, right. If people can... Uh follow my accent and can understand everything I said, then, then I, uh, I'm pleased with that. <laughs> ben, have a great day. And once again, thank you so much. Ah, I can't wait for the day where drone delivery is a widespread technology that will help elevate the customer experience and shorten the wait times for food to go from restaurants to dinner table. You know what? It is only a matter of time and it is companies like Flytrex that need to work with the FAA and all the complicated logistics to make this happen. It's coming, folks. The question is, when? If you would like to reach out to me or the show, you can do via anything social, at Skip Kimple or everything at Constrata. This includes Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok. You can also go to the website at skipkimple.com for all the archived shows as well as the show notes. And you can also hear these episodes on the Constrata website at constrata.io. And if you just have a question that you want to email me, please do so by sending an email to skip.kimple at constrata.io. Well, we have had a couple of fun weeks and we are on a roll. Next week, I have a gentleman on the show that needs no introduction. The one and only Mr. Noah Glass, founder and CEO of Olo. He is such an innovator and industry leader. I can't wait to talk to him about what his vision for the industry is in the next two to five years. He has always been a forward-thinking thought leader. By the way, did I tell you I have a Celebrity Chef episode coming up soon? Hmm, I might have forgotten to mention that. 
but now it is out there. Enough cliffhangers for today. So until next Tuesday, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay hungry, my friends. 